0: Hello, and welcome to the Two Rivers Café podcast, a place where music and creativity meet for a few drinks and a chat before then going off into the night together and seeing what happens. My name is Andrew Fisher. I'm a composer and lyricist, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this special edition of the podcast in which we'll share with you all six collaborations that featured in our first series. I'll say a few words about each one, but essentially, it's all about the music. So, grab some bar snacks... Pour yourself a drink, sit back, and enjoy. Episode 1, Animation with Phil Gom. I want the berries and the cherries and the apricots and the plum. I want the flint and the petrol and the oak and the earth. When instead I just get acid and I'm tasting vinegar and I'm burping and there's bile and I'm feeling fire, I feel a rasp and there's a prickle and I'm in pain. It's like being colourblind when everyone else is tasting a rainbow. The world of wine gives us Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon. The world of wine gives me reflux, bellyache, and Hartman. The world of wine gives us Chardonnay and rioca. The world of wine gives me a meprison. The great Phil Gum. What a creative, collaborative, inspiring person to work with. I really enjoyed chatting to him as well. Those sort of conversations that just go on and on because there's always lots of new <laughs> avenues being explored. With the film in my head, I was expecting an animation with a story. And what emerged was a vibrant series of images and, and text. I picked up in Phil's writing quite a lot of detail which I found quite humorous. <laughs> the things that go wrong with wine and after all I was thinking what can I do with that? I can't keep just saying bleak so I, I was trying to find other ways to colour some of the the descriptions. So when he was starting to talk about you know stomach troubles I was thinking how do you cartoon that how do you explore things that sound a bit burpy or a bit sort of guttural and so I had a, a range of effects string pizzicato thinking and I was thinking that that's kind of like a acid reflux if you had to orchestrate acid reflux that's what I think it would sound like that was just kind of a happy accident really but it was very much there in the text I felt and, and there in his delivery as well it's sort of enjoyable having a bit of a mode about something but it's, it's, it takes a real skill to do it interestingly and attractively and sort of non-alienatingly. So, I, I, you know, kudos to Phil, really. A joy to wear with. Episode 2, Folk Violin with Alex Garden. Alex Garden. I've admired his work from a distance for so long just because he's such a wonderful player and he really didn't disappoint. He loved his recording and I didn't want to take it apart and recompose it. I just wanted to use the recording and I sat there agonising about that decision and I thought right no it's he's such a wonderful player let's not just take the material let's actually use the recording itself. Then as I sat there thinking how do I make the form work around it I just sat there at the piano for a long time, trying stuff out until I thought, let's ignore the form completely and superimpose my own on it. And then to my surprise, that that decision then made everything else open up. His lines runs through it and I put my own musical form against it. I was in a Vaughan Williamsy mood. I mean, there's no question it's not (laughs) Vaughan Williams inspired because it is. It was a bit of a you know, wish fulfilment just to indulge in that language a little bit and write something expansive and elegiac. I love the countryside and I do love folk music and it was a really wonderful opportunity to work with both of those. Episode 3. Songwriting with Lucy Potterton.
1: So... Yet I know I do not choose to stand apart Like a prayer. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Are you reaching out to me? Tell me, darling, are you there? I'm more alone than ever before. Yet I know I do not choose to stand apart.
0: Docturn with Lucy Potterton, a real sweetheart to work with. She was so, she's so nice. She's so, <laughs> she's just so easy to work with. This was probably the one I was least happy with in terms of what I had done. And none of this, absolutely none of this has to do with um, what Lucy did uh, musically with it at all, or her performance, which is beautiful. She has a really stunning voice. My creative contribution was sort of twofold. There was the initial lyric and then the, the final arrangement, and I was really sort of doubting the lyric. We had earmarked time really strictly, and I said, I will deliver a lyric by this time, because she had to then write her stuff and then record it and then hand it back to me to arrange. When I heard it a few weeks after we recorded it, um, I thought, you know, it's not too bad. And now I hear it again. <laughs> now and I've sort of come back the other way and thinking, eh, oh, there's, there's, there's some clunky imagery in it. But I also thought, what we're trying to do in the, with this whole thing is to say, will it work? And some bits won't always work. And this is a thing about time. You know, you do what you can in the time and, and then you have to sort of hand it over however you, you feel about it. Episode four, Loot with Liz Kenny. The great Liz Kenny on the loot. So we were super, super lucky to to get her... I had started this on the understanding that I would get one recording which I could download from a video and I thought okay that's it I'll try and make that work and then the following day Liz got a microphone out and then did a second recording and it was just sort of so lovely of her to do that and I was like I, I really want to use that so I'd already started sort of irrevocably on the first bit and so it's a question of all right how do I make the second bit work within the arrangement and so just that decision really forced what the form would then have to become in terms of it's almost like a theme and variations or a, um, like a fantasia, just to say, here's a motif, I'll have to bring it back later, and there'll have to be different bits. So just planning that out formally became the um, the challenge of this. And Liz is such a brilliant player, and the second recording that she sent through, which was very much her improvising privately rather than in the in the pit in a live performance, was was a really wonderful gift. So I felt very privileged to sort of be in the room with a, a player of her calibre just playing so freely. It was really, I was like, oh, that's that's really wonderful. And so I had one recording here, which sounded a bit different from this other recording over here. There was also a difference in tuning, so I had to make that work. And both of those contributed to the, the slightly journeying nature of the uh, of the composition. It had to get from one place to another. And so what emerged, I think, was much more interesting because of that second bit of work that she sent through. I am really happy with with what we did. It's not like anything else I've written, really. I think certain gear changes, like moving into the jazz thing, I think that's actually quite fun. I'm quite pleased when that happens. How often do we get surprised in music? I quite like that aspect of it. Episode 5. Episode 5. Jazz Piano with J. Fashol-Luke. Jay Fasho-Luke, he's such a accomplished, talented, inventive, creative person and such a nice bloke as well. I love his laugh. He's, he's just um, a joy in the room. He really is. I was very aware through the week that we were working together that um, he was about to become a father for the first time. And that was obviously a factor in how much time he had available. And what I think a great lesson from this collaboration for me was about the economy of means, that when you work with someone It's trying to get the most out of what material you can get. Jay gave me a a chord sequence, and so compared to other arrangements where someone's going to be a melody and I have to harmonise, I was very much, okay. I'm sticking a melody here and then I'm orchestrating it, and then I'm creating my own other melodies to make this work, and so that was a really interesting set of challenges because it was it was like completing a jigsaw where i had to invent some of the pieces the mosaic would be better because i was given a piece of the mosaic to use and reuse that was perfectly formed you a lovely you know, sophisticated piece of musical syntax recorded on this wonderful fender Rhodes sound that's just really sort of buttery an orchestrator i was really thinking about was Gil evans i don't know if people know miles davis poggy and bess the economy of means is really brilliant in his arrangement Something else that I would say creatively that I really learnt was the power of one really strong offer. So I knew that I couldn't fake the drums, so I contacted a drummer, James Ashdown, and when he responded, and he sort of had to do it overnight, but he responded brilliantly to the brief, and it wasn't until that layer was added that I really stopped panicking, because, because when it landed, I was like, and now it's what it should be. <laughs> Episode 6, Bombard with Helen Gentili. was such a joy to work on Helen is, is just brilliantly talented so perceptive as well she was really on her brief everything arrived sort of perfectly formed <laughs> and so for me in terms of trying to sew something together it was just a joy it was so easy it was just there all the material was really strong and uh, it was just like how do I color this how do I manage the rhetoric what's lovely is you know you stop thinking for me I stopped thinking about music and I started to think about fire I have a wood-burning stove at home, and many an evening I'll sit and watch the flames and just delight in it. And I think what she did captured that really, really well. And so for me it was like, OK, how do I add that moment where the logs really catch? How do I capture that blue flame or that green flame? How do I bring it somewhere else? And Because there's so much joy, I also thought, where, where can I bring the menace? Where can I bring the kind of fear, that, that point of danger that you get with fires, where it, goes, it burns too hot or you feel a little bit like um, afraid of it? I have since then also heard her own arrangement with just a recorder and a guitar, and that really stands up as well. As I look back from a safe distance over the six different collaborations through this first series of this podcast, I am struck by how fortunate I am to work with such a range of musicians and genre, different sorts of piece. Some things are folky, some things are jazzy, some things are poppy, some things are baroque. That's a, just a constant joy because one is reminded all the time of, of how much variety is there in the world and how many wonderful things there are to say about the world and life and what music can do within that. I've mentioned the time limit quite a lot, but I, I also think it's, it's a huge benefit, absolutely business critical to any form of, of creative work, is that it is knowing when it's going to finish and however you're going to be pleased with it to draw a line. I think that's really, really important. Another aspect that I'm aware of is that a lot of this was done at a distance, communicating through devices or through screens rather than being in the room. And that does make a big difference because if you can demonstrate what you mean, if you're playing a certain thing and there's another musician playing, that playfulness is itself really eloquent and can get you much further into it than talking about it or writing it down, just the ability to sit down and play. And I love that we use that word play with music making um, as much as a, you know, as children play, naturally, um, and sometimes I think adults can forget how to play, but when you just play music, the, that playfulness, the playtime, is really essential to being creative. And ultimately, it's company, you know, it's friendship, it's someone along the road with you. And what a joy that is, you know what I mean? You, at the end, you sort of want to say, thank you for being my friend, thank you for playing with me. You treasure that, remember that, and you think, wow, that was great play, so... As I look back, um, I sort of feel euphoric. Really, um, listening to it. <laughs> Thanks to all six wonderful guests: Phil Gom, Alex Garden, Lucy Potterton, Liz Kenny, Jay Fashol, Luke, and Helen Gentili. All six episodes of the podcast available in the same place you found this one. Each episode features a conversation with my guest about creativity and inspiration before we unveil the collaboration. Look out for links to the work of each guest in every podcast description too. My name is Andrew Fisher, and this episode, like every other, has been produced remotely under the influence of an ill-advisedly large volume of coffee by Jim and Rupert of Eight. Look out for a special Christmas edition of the podcast before the Two Rivers Cafe returns for a second series in 2022.